In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, glory be to Jesus Christ. This is the 43rd sermon in this series of homilies on the Sunday Epistle readings, which are to be read at the Divine Liturgy of the Holy Orthodox Church. The reading from Romans today is one of the foundational passages of St. Paul's comprehensive teaching on the doctrine of justification. In the Protestant tradition, this passage is one of the cornerstones of a Protestant principle called sola fide. You've probably heard the expression bona fide, means of good faith. This is a bona fide, true uh, book written by so-and-so. Or it's a way of saying that this is real, this is true, bona fide. Well, solified comes from the same words, and it means faith alone. Faith alone. Solified. This was the slogan of Martin Luther, of what his Protestant Reformation was about. Faith alone. This doctrine affirms that our salvation is granted to us through faith, not through works. Faith alone. Of course, this is not in Holy Scripture, but it is something that the Protestants latched onto and made to be their battle cry. Faith alone. Some theologians describe Protestantism as being based on five solas, five alones. Sola scriptura, sola fide, or fide, sola gratias, sola Deo gloria, and sola Christus. <clears throat> five alones. Faith alone, grace alone, the glory of God alone, and Christ alone, and Scripture alone. If you look closely at all of these solas, or alones, they all point to a deep concern and preoccupation for how a person can gain salvation. Of course, there's nothing wrong with wanting to know how to be saved. But we have to understand that growing up in a Protestant culture, we are deeply influenced by this preoccupation of Protestantism and that all of us are Protestant just by nature of being American. While there clearly is truth in all, to all of these sola principles, the concept of alone, being alone, or something alone, is not compatible with Orthodox Christianity. In fact, there are two places in the Bible where I see the word alone. <clears throat> I'm sure there, there are others, but of course, in the book of Genesis, the creation of Adam, 
God said, it is good, not good for man to be alone. It is not good for man to be alone. So in this first case, alone is not a positive word. It's a negative word. Second place we see that is in the gospel or the uh, book of James in the New Testament, where James specifically says, You are not saved by faith alone. Martin Luther didn't like the book of James. He thought the book of James should be taken out of the canon of the New Testament. He called it a gospel of straw. To these five solas, which I have mentioned, I would add a sixth. And that is sola soteria, saved alone, salvation alone. While this is not an official teaching of the Protestant Church, it seems to be a common theme in evangelicalism that you are saved apart from the church. In fact, you have this phenomenon of churchless Christianity, saved simply by your relationship with Jesus Christ or by your relationship with the Holy Bible, by reading the Bible. But we Orthodox do not add this adjective or qualifier of alone, sola, to any of these principles or spiritual realities. Holy Scripture does not stand alone. It stands within the context of holy tradition. Faith does not stand alone. It is joined to good works. Grace does not stand alone. It is joined to, it is coupled with the free will of man and the synergy of human beings with God. The glory of God is not alone. It is shared with humanity through the incarnation, through the glorified human nature of Jesus Christ, with which we are joined in holy baptism and become partakers of the divine nature. And Christ is not alone. He is the second person of the Holy Trinity, forever in a community of love consisting of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And lastly, my children in Christ, we are not saved alone. Just as Noah and all his family and all of the creatures with him were saved from the flood by their presence in the ark, so also we as Christians are saved as a spiritual family together within the ark of the Holy Church, not alone. Now, this fact does not take away our individual responsibility to follow Christ. It only emphasizes that we are saved as a community through each other's prayers, through each other's sacrifice and service on behalf of each other. For example, we just received our newest member into the church, little Catherine Miller. She is not saved alone. She was brought to the Holy Church by her parents and her godparents. She was baptized and chrismated and received into the Holy Church through their prayers, through their witness, through their testimony, and through the 
witness of the entire community. She was saved in that act, but not by herself. She was saved in the community. She will grow up in the community and she will be saved and she will experience the ongoing process of salvation in a community. And finally, she will be saved when the Lord returns to gather his church together and he, she will be saved in the community of the church. Two thousand and twenty has been a devastating year for our country, and it's been very difficult on our church, precisely because it has caused so many of us to be alone, to be separated, to be divided. Almost the only unity you can find in our country right now is the combined rage and hatred and lawlessness of those who want to tear down our country. They are united against Christ. We, on the other hand, we Christians and we law-abiding citizens, we struggle to find a way to show our unity. We, we languish in self-doubt and uncertainty and in confusion caused by the coronavirus first and by the cultural war which has erupted throughout our nation. Sometimes even our president seems to have trouble speaking out the truth in a way that can unite all those who love our country. Well, as your spiritual father, it is my responsibility to make sure that at least within our small local community, all of us are united in our faith and in a clear understanding of what is going on around us. On the issues that are vexing our country today, here is where we stand. Number one, the pandemic. This is a real health problem that we are going to have to deal with for quite some time. While doing everything we can to try to protect those most vulnerable around us, we also need to realize that this life we are living must go on. The world continues to turn, and we have to return to normal in terms of going to church, worshiping Christ in our traditional Orthodox way, <clears throat> going to work and loving and living our lives. Most of us will eventually get the virus and we'll get over it. And we pray that no one close to us will die from it. Those who need to stay quarantined will continue to do so until they feel safe. As I've said many times though, death, physical death, is not the worst thing that can happen to us. Rather, we should only fear being separated from the love of God through apostasy or through lack of faith. Secondly, racism. White guilt and black victimization are principles that are not helpful to our country, and they should be rejected by Orthodox Christians. 
If you are an Orthodox Christian, you cannot in good conscience be a racist. Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization and we should avoid any possible affiliation with this movement or any other like it. Period. As Christians, we cannot discriminate on the basis of the color of someone's skin, but we do discriminate on the basis of someone's character and on the basis of someone's political and moral culture. We absolutely discriminate against the culture of sexual impurity, of anarchy, of paganism, and of progressivism and Marxism. Number three, monuments and other historical markers. We absolutely oppose the lawless tearing down of monuments and other aspects of the history of our country. Let all the monuments remain standing, but let us build new ones, reflecting the new heroes of our country, of all ethnicities who have helped us become one of the great nations in the world. Number four, the November election. There is no longer a place in the Democratic Party for Orthodox Christians. The Democratic Party has united itself against Christ. Finally, American exceptionalism. All authority comes from God, and all countries are raised up by God for his purposes. America became one of the greatest countries in the world because of some basic principles that are truly from God, especially the principle that all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. However, America has turned from its origins and has fallen into great sin, especially the sin of abortion. The sin of abortion denies the inalienable right to life of a child growing within the womb of her mother. The sin, all kinds of heterosexual sin, sin taking sexual activity taking place outside of the bounds of holy marriage between a man and a woman sins of homosexuality and transgenderism all of these sins witness against us as a nation and we need to repent of them if we are to survive as a nation there needs to be a great repentance and the great returning to those principles that made our country great. As Orthodox Christians, we must use every ounce of influence and persuasion that we have to help our country return to what it once was. Most importantly, we must live authentically Christian lives ourselves And secondly, share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those around us. All of this we must do united together, not alone, not sola, not solo, but together, united in Christ.
My children in Christ, in the Holy Eucharist, we are united to Christ and to one another, and in this unity, we can face whatever life is going to bring. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, glory be to Jesus Christ.